This week's Torah content has been sponsored by the Fishbines, who enjoy reading the sponsorship messages every week in honor of Chen and Max's wedding and with a tefillah for a lasting peace in Israel. Earlier this year, I said I was going to read my blog posts in the form of audiobooks uh, and post them every once in a while. Uh, and it turns out I didn't have time to do that. Uh, so I told myself, oh, when I get to the summer, then I'll just do that for every Parsha, because at this point I've written about four or five Divrei Torah on every Parsha. Uh, so then summer officially hit a little while ago and uh, haven't done that yet. <laughs> so I'm going to start with this one. Uh, this is uh, this is just I, one that I reread um, yesterday. I wrote this in the summer of 2018. It's on Parsha Shlach, and the title is The Torah's View of Temptation. And uh, for the most part, I'm just going to read it, but I might chime in with my own uh, insights and explanations every once in a while. Parsha Shlach, the Torah's view of temptation. The last mitzvah mentioned in this week's Parsha is Lo sasuru You shall not explore after your heart and after your eyes. Here's the mitzvah in, it, in its context. So this is from Bamidbar 15, 39 through 41. And they shall be tzitzis, literally fringes for you, that you may see it and remember all the mitzvahs of Hashem and do them. And you shall not explore after your heart and after your eyes, after which you stray so that you may remember and do all my mitzvahs and be kedoshim, holy to your God. I am Hashem your God, who has removed you from the land of Egypt to be a God to you. I am Hashem your God. End quote. The Torah of Peh, the Oral Torah, teaches us that each phrase relates to a different category of illicit exploration. After your heart refers to minus, heresy. After your eyes refers to znus, licentiousness. Although my usual practice is to provide all of the basic background information for each topic that I introduce, I'm not going to do so in this case because I believe it would distract us from the question we will be focusing on. Suffice it to say, the mitzvah, this mitzvah prohibits us from giving in to certain harmful temptations in the realm of our intellectual speculations and sexual desires. Our central question arises from an inference made by Sifrei. Uh, here's a quote from Sifrei. After your heart and after your eyes, does this tell us that the eyes follow after the heart or that the heart follows after the eyes? You'll argue... Is there no blind person who does not, sorry, is there no blind person who does all the abominations in the world? Indeed, this is why the Torah teaches, do not explore after your heart and after your eyes. This tells us that the eyes follow after the heart, end quote. This Sifrei is cryptic. What exactly does it mean to say that the eyes follow after the heart? What are the implications of the Sifrei's conclusion? The Malbim addresses these questions in his commentary on the Sifrei, and here's the Malbim's commentary. Quote, many people are of the opinion that the heart's desires for transgression uh, is aroused by the senses. As it is stated, the eye sees and the heart desires. And, quote, a person only desires what his eyes have seen. However, Chazal infer the opposite. Namely, were it not for the fact that the mind was seized by the pre-existing desire-fueled fantasies of the heart, he would not be affected by what his eyes saw. Whether in terms of going on a bad path of licentiousness or following the ways of heresy to remove himself from himself the fear of Hashem. If he goes on the bad path of licentiousness, this is a sign that his fantasy-based desires have already paved the way ahead of time. Likewise, this is a sign that the thoughts of iniquity have already preceded him in his heart and caused him to make light of the fear of Hashem, who sees his hidden and revealed dimensions. Uh, end quote from the Malbim. In other words, it may be true that a desire will be awakened by what the eyes see, but Sifrei is teaching us that the seeing of the eyes will only awaken one's desires if the path was paved ahead of time by his desire-fueled fantasies, uh, or in the Malbim's language, Tsiure Hata'ava, of the heart. This, according to the Malbim, is what Hazal meant when they said that the eyes follow after the heart. In order to elucidate his meaning, the Malbim cites Ibn Ezra's explanation of Lo Sahmod, you shall not covet, and Lo Tisave, you shall not desire, which reflect the Sifrei's view of the relationship between the heart and the eyes. Here's the Ibn Ezra's commentary on his own, sorry, in his own words, meaning um, this is Ibn Ezra's words, not the Malbim summary. 
Ibn Ezra explains, uh, you should not covet as follows, quote, many people are astounded by this mitzvah, wondering how can a man not covet something which his heart and eyes find to be beautiful? Now I will give you a mushal, an example. Consider a peasant who is of sound mind and who sees a beautiful princess. He will not covet her in his heart, desiring to sleep with her because he knows that this is impossible. This peasant will not be like the insane who think that they can do impossible things like sprout wings and fly in the sky. Just as a man doesn't desire to sleep with his mother, even though she is beautiful because he has been raised from youth to know that she is prohibited to him, so too every rational person needs to know that neither a beautiful woman nor possessions will be found by him through his own wisdom and knowledge, but only as apportioned to him by Hashem. And because of this, he will neither desire nor covet the belongings of others. Once he knows that his friend's wife has been prohibited to him by Hashem, she will be more out of reach to him than the princess in the heart of the peasant. End quote from the Ibn Ezra. The Malvin then goes on to explain how the Ibn Ezra's take on Losachmot and Lotisave follows the view expressed by the Sifrei. Malbim, quote, on the basis of this approach, the Ibn Ezra explained what Hashem commanded. You shall not desire your friend's house. You shall not covet your friend's wife, saying that if a person diminishes the desire-fueled fantasies and doesn't bring them to mind, and similarly, if he continually remembers that Hashem commanded him and prohibited him and stands over him and sees his actions, then he will not come into the grips of any desire at all, just as the peasant will not desire the princess. This is what is meant by the statement that the heart follows after the eye, sorry, the eyes follow after the heart. Were it not for the desire-fueled fantasies that are generated in the heart, he would not be moved by the sight of his eyes. It is for this reason that do not explore after your heart comes first, since it, is, since it first must generate the fantasies of desire and the bad mitos, the bad character traits, and only, and only afterwards will uh, the eyes explore. Chazal bring a proof against those who say that the heart is only aroused by fantasies after the eyes draw them in, for even a blind person will commit tremendous abominations even though he hasn't seen anything with his eyes. End quote from the Malvin. Here's another muscle to illustrate the Sifre's idea. A person's cravings might be awakened by the sight of a delectable slice of chocolate cake sitting on the plate in front of him, but if he is informed that the cake was accidentally baked using salt in place of sugar, or that the cake is laced with rat poison, or that it's actually a model made of wax, his desire will quickly subside, despite the fact that the appearance of the cake remained unchanged. And if he knew ahead of time that the cake was disgusting, poison, or fake, then seeing the cake wouldn't have awakened his desires in the first place. The same is true for all of your desires. They will only be awakened by what your eyes see if your heart, i.e. your inner thoughts, values, fantasies, beliefs, etc., have been primed, sorry, has been primed to desire them. In other words, our susceptibility to temptation is fundamentally influenced by our internal thoughts, not by our perceptions of external stimuli. Therefore, in order to master our desires and resist temptation from without, we must start by cultivating our hearts from within. Even the Sefer HaChinuch, who continually emphasizes the impact of our actions on our inner character, nevertheless acknowledges the truth of the Sifre's interpretation as he writes in his explanation of Los Asuru. Uh, quote from Sefer HaChinuch, The root purpose of this mitzvah is evident, for by it a man will be guarded from sinning to Hashem all his days. In truth, this mitzvah is a great foundation of the religion, since evil thoughts are the fathers of impurities, and the resulting actions are their offspring. And if a man will die before begetting any offspring, there will be no remembrance, uh, i.e., there will be no trace of children. Consequently, this prohibition of do not explore after your heart and after your eyes is a root from which all good things sprout. End quote from the Sefer Chinuch. The big question is, how do we change our hearts to regulate our desires and temptations? The Sefer only establishes the general framework, but doesn't give us any clues as to how to effect real change. The answer can be found in the Pesukim surrounding Los Asuru, etc. So this is a quote, again, from Bamidbar 15, 39-41, and I'll emphasize what I underlined. And they shall be tzitzis, literally fringes for you, that you may see it, and remember all the mitzvahs of Hashem and do them. And you shall not explore after your heart and after your eyes, after which you stray, so that you may remember and do all of my mitzvahs and be kadoshim to your God. 
I am Hashem your God who has removed you from the land of Egypt to be a God to you. I am Hashem your God. End quote. In short, the answer is mitzvos. One of the many functions of mitzvos is to cultivate within us the quality of kedusha, i.e. rising above the influence of our animalistic tendencies in order to live b'tzalim elokim, uh, in, uh, in the form of God, so to speak. We acknowledge this function in every bracha we make over mitzvos by saying, Asher Kiddushan of who made us kadosh through his mitzvos. How do the mitzvos make us kadoshim? That is a topic for another day. And I'll just add here at the end that this is, uh, you know, this is part of my interest in Stoicism and certainly in Mishle, where you are really working on your internal world. And by working on your internal world, that changes how you perceive your external world. So it's not that you see something and then that awakens desires. It's that if your mind is primed in one way, that'll then the sight of your eyes will awaken desires. But if it's primed in another way, then it won't. Uh, and that is the lesson of Titis. Okay, so that was it. Um, again, I, I think what I'm going to do maybe, how should I do this? I'm thinking, okay, you know, I'll, I'll, I don't know if I should release this just as a podcast so that I can gauge how many people are actually listening to it. Or as a WhatsApp recording, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna release this just as a podcast episode, and we'll see how many people listen to it. Um, and maybe I'll do this a couple more times. If enough people listen to it, then I'll uh, be encouraged to do this with more old blog posts. Uh, and if not, then I won't. <laughs> so uh, uh, feel free to let me know uh, in you know in person or or by email or text or whatever if uh, you if you like this and you want me to do this during the summer at least. Okay, have a good day. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss, and my Zelle slash Chase QuickPay and PayPal are mattschneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor an article, share, or podcast episode, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbischneeweiss at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading, and thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.